Jesus name. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us to church and keeping us alive to the first of this month. We are very grateful to you because without you, Heavenly Father, we won't be standing here today. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love towards us as your children every day, O oh God. As we go through your word today, Father, speak to me and speak to my brethren. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. I must thank the church, able led by my brother Chikere. My brother Ifa Jona. And my youngest brother Chukwode, who incidentally now is my senior colleague. <laughs> I welcome all of you for coming to church today and I thank God for you. We are going to look very briefly at the blessings of true service. I just look at the background. I look for the conditions for the blessings. I look at the blessing itself. And finally, why do really God want to bless you in that order? The background to this passage is that the people of Israel were moving into the wilderness. And as we are moving into the wilderness, they were moving towards their promised land. And God sent an angel, which so many theologians can interpret as the Lord Jesus Christ, to come and instruct them. For this is Romans chapter 23. On how to navigate through the wilderness. In the wilderness, we may, in the wilderness, as we move through the wilderness, we may encounter so many dangers that allow in that wilderness. So God now sent an angel to instruct them and offer some blessings for them. How does that apply to us? We are in Nigeria. And you may think you are not in the wilderness. I think the Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 properly describe Nigeria. Nigeria, the way it is now. Well, let me not just be very bad to say that it is even worse than wilderness. Nigeria now is without form and void. It's empty. Darkness is over the surface of the earth. The only solution we have is that the Spirit of God is still hovering over the waters. So we are almost in the same situation with these people in the wilderness and the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ also guides us in knowing what to do in this time. God actually wants us want to bless you. Be their terms and conditions for that blessing. God really wants to bless you. God doesn't just bring you into the earth. Imagine you having a child and you don't want any blessings or goodness to it. Majority of the people, no matter how wicked they are, they want their children to prosper. Is it not true? God, even Jesus, even Jesus was saying that, look, if you, the earthly father, knows how to give good goods to your children, how much more my heavenly father is going to give good goods to those who love him? God wants to bless you and want to guide you. 
I want to give you everything you need. May there are conditions for that place. People in the wilderness faced a lot of problems. They entered into a nation where there is a lot of idolatry. With all their religious connotations, whatever they want. But God was warning them, don't be like them. Don't don't what? Don't be like them if you want to have my blessings. We must not follow the pattern of this world, but must be transformed by renewing our mind. I mean, a place where you can just get somebody from a secondary school, move into the university, and gradually transform the person into a medical doctor. Is it not true? I've watched somebody who doesn't know his left from his right enter the university as a first year. Gradually, you see the person in the theater operating and becoming a doctor. The same way God is telling us to look. Be what transformed. When we are in secondary school, we are taught about egg to lava, lava to pupa, pupa to adult. These are transformations. It's not just that you give your life to Christ, see Jesus, carry me, they go. It doesn't work that way. You must do what? Be transformed into the image of Christ. There's a part you need to play. And there's a part God also needs to play. Don't just submit yourself to God and then go about your normal business. Only to see yourself the next day transformed. No, it doesn't matter. Why do we not need to be transformed? And why don't we really worry ourselves in Nigeria as a... I work both in public and in private sector. And the same problem arises. Fortune and fame. Money is a problem in every angle. There was a time where I was traveling with my family. I was, somebody was talking over the radio. Sinego kafalu jejeje. Ego kagini kafalu nofi sisi jejeje. Without, with fire, fire, if you want to see your fire. Ego, otherwise fire like our dear body, is it not true? For years, this is our idolatry. There were a lot of corruptions. Corruption means in, in private sector, you meet a lot of corruptions. Is it those who collect tax? Is it those who give tax in private sector? They want to twist everything and force you to submit and kill your conscience. Is it in landed location? Is it where we work in admissions? So are you looking for idolatry? Are you looking for something that will distract you from these blessings? They are there. Is it employment? You have to pay money for you to be employed. Is it inflated contracts? Not to talk of exam practices. These are idolatries. These are the things that lie along our way and confront us every day of life. Every day you dress up to go to work, corruption also dresses up to accompany you. It's a long, tedious battle. Whether you are in private sector, whether in government services, that if you are not conscious of this, these blessings will elude you. 
If you are going to tell yourself the truth, you will see, you will just be in Nigeria like what in the land of Sudan and Gomorrah, being vexed on a daily basis by something that surrounds you. When these things are not, no, we we'll talk of if you are even in a big sector, to get the money that is due to you or due to your office, those that release money will want some money from you. Not to talk of sex for money, money for max, four cops, sexual perversions like homosexualism, lesbians. It is no longer news. So somebody has sat down on my consulting room and told me he's a lesbian and be looking at me on my face, or even a homosexual. So these things are these things are something that confront us. On a daily basis. Let us look at Psalm chapter 1. There are always a condition for these blessings. There are conditions for these blessings. If you don't have that condition, you are not likely to, before I now talk about the blessings that tend to accompany us. And God in his own mercy shall help me and also help you to encounter the problems that lie ahead of us. I just read, that psalm is, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked. So if you are looking for blessings, you must move away from the wicked. Or stand in the way that sinners take. There are ways, there are ways that are normal for you in the sinners take. Or in the company of mockers. That was how we were written in Hebrew. For those who delight in the law of the Lord, and who meditate on his law day and night. This meditation helps you to get transformed. If you don't know about meditations, ask the architects and musicians what meditation does. Usually you are taught how to pray, you are taught to speak in tongues, but you are not taught how to meditate. Meditation is a crucial part of Christian life. Even those people who live in the occult world will tell you about meditations. Even Joshua was also told to meditate. When you meditate, your mind mind is renewed on a daily basis. When you gaze, when you meditate, God talks to you, your mind is renewed. Just drop everything you are doing, pray to God, find time to meditate on the law of the Lord. The Bible says on the law of the Lord as we meditate when? Day and night. The Bible says that that person is like a tree planted by the streams of water. For those of us who grew up in the village in Echumili, when you go near the E or those rivers, you find out that those rivers, they never dry. Those trees and grasses that grow, very beautiful pictures in those old age. Those of you who grew in town missed it. But we fetched water when we were small. When you look at those waters, they look so nice. And we will swim on it, around it. The Bible said that it will be like those trees. Which yet is fruit in season, and whose leaves does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. But the Bible says, not so with the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. 
It may look easily that most people who are not doing, who are not Christians, are prospering. After all, they won the election. After all, they are in court. But the Bible is telling us how how would they end? How would their life be? What happens to this in afterwards? So God says He will bless you. He will also do so many. But the condition is that you must obey Him. You must walk with Him. You must meditate on His word. You must proclaim this message of the Lord Jesus Christ. These blessings will now continue to pursue you and overtake you in Jesus' name. So what are those blessings that was mentioned in our reading today? The one is that his blessings say he will bless your food and he will bless your water. We as medical doctors know that one food and water can be a source of disease. Is it not true? Food and water can be a source of disease. Most people have died. Most people even have typhoid and everything is from, from this food and from this water. So what happens? There are certain things God does with food and water. One is that he provides food and water to those who cannot provide it for them. Like he provided in the wilderness. God will also provide for you if you have obeyed him. The second thing God does with food and water, he blesses them. That's why when you sit down to eat, you pray over your food, thank God for it, and bless it. Finally, God can use this diet to even to remove diseases from you. So when God says he's going to bless your food and your water, you may just say, ah, food and water, I take it, it's a very simple. It's not simple as you think. Food and water can be a source of life. God wants you to remain healthy in order that this gospel will continue. If you are sick, you can't preach. If you are sick, you can't do much. So God blesses you and provides water. So we serve him with our soul and our body. And God will also provide food for us in Jesus' name. There's actual hunger in the land. That we need to pray for our daily bread. As we were instructed in the scriptures. And once you do that, God himself will provide for you. The second promise there is healing of the body and healing of the soul. In Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 19, Jesus read the scriptures in the synagogue and they enumerated Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 19. Enumerated his mandate. Part of the mandate of the Lord Jesus Christ and that of every Christian is to proclaim the word of God. Proclamation in the word of God. The next thing is the social aspect of it. That social aspect of it is that he went to restore sight to the blind. Healing is part and parcel of Jesus Christ's ministry. And it's also part and parcel of the ministry of everybody as a Christian. That's why the Bible records that if any of you is sick, what do you do? You call the elders of the church to pray over you so that you will do what? You will get well. But it's not only when you are sick. The now that you are here and you have no sickness upon you, you should also pray unto God to, for you to remain healing. I've seen people pray in the church. I've also seen people pray in the hospital where I work. Incidentally, I now realize that the prayers that are said in the hospital, people are more serious. 
There are nobody who smiles. They are just most, they nearly push down the bed. They really pray. I watch people pray in hospital because I work in the hospital. And I also watch people pray in the church. The prayers that our people offer in the, in the hospital, even though they are short time, are usually more powerful, more focused, more intense. You will see they are actually looking for what they want. Not necessarily, we, when I, I've attended nine vigils, I've attended so many prayer points, I've attended even prayers, sometimes, after some time, somebody may sit down. But it doesn't happen when somebody is praying in the hospital. So now I was not asking myself, why do I really sit down? Why do I really do so many things when people are praying in the It doesn't mean that I'm not serious. Or that what I'm actually asking is not. Because they now see between life and death. And something they must do in order for that person lying down to recover. So John's description of the, of the disciples in Matthew chapter 10 verse 8 is that Jesus came to heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. And then drive out demons. God wants you to be well. Say God wants me to be well. God will remove sickness and sorrow from me. You shall be well with me today and always. In Psalm 103, verse 2 to 5, the Bible also recorded that Jesus forgives us, God forgives us all our sins and heals all your diseases. In verse 5 of that Psalm 103, verse 5, it says, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that youth is renewed with like that of the eagles. I learned that eagles renew their youths by removing their wings, and eventually they are, they, they, are, they are almost like transformed. It was from a brother that I now learned. He told me he prays every day that God will renew his youth. I was not saying that prayer, but for one brother told me, so I didn't know it was a prayer point. Told him that I should pray that God should also do what? Renew your youth. When you ask it, God will also do what? Renew your own youth. So if not for any other thing, add today to your prayer point that God should do what? Renew your youth like that of the eagles. It's all part of the blessings which God offers unto you like that of a true service. I was told that and then I started praying like that. God will also renew your own youth. So, is any of you sick? The Bible says we should also pray. Then let us look at the, somebody who was sick and how he was prayed for. In Mark chapter 5, 25 to 30. Matthew, Mark chapter 5. It was actually a very pathetic story in that Mark. That some of us who are in that blessings that God will also help us to arrive at the way that lady also handled her own situation. I read, A woman who was there had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She has suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and has spent all she had.
When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothes. Because she thought, if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped. And he felt in her body that she had been freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power has gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? This is actually a very pathetic thing. And concerning the scriptures, even though they finished the doctors there. One is that they say that this woman has been sick for 12 years. Is it not true? The second one was that she suffered a great deal. The third one was that she spent all she had. What happened? She got worse. Then, instead, when he now heard about Jesus Christ, the Bible didn't say he spoke in tongues. The Bible recorded that she thought. Is it not true? Did you say she prayed there? She thought. She just aligned her life with the Lord. She thought. So sometimes when you are in a very difficult situation, you can handle your situations well. There was even a time in the past that I was sick. Where you are, that I even did MRI. And I asked many years ago, and I asked God, because when you are now sick, you understand how to pray. And I asked God, it now became a problem. Say, God, do you want to retire me? Because you see, unless you are really in a problem, you will now start dialoguing with God. This one is not to go to prayer house, not for somebody to pray for you. But the problem is now on you as a person. Do you want to read? It was a question. Because it has now reached a stage where you now need a dialogue. You now need to think. You now need to fight your way through. You now need to pray through your problem. Nobody can pray through your own problem yourself. Nobody, nobody. Nobody will understand you the way you are feeling. Pray through, pray through. There was even another time one of my children was sick in those days. I wanted to have surgery. It was now a problem to me as a person, as a head of a family. And I told God, this problem with him somewhere in her body needs to be healed. You know what I did? I had to fast for one day, carried it over to the next day, and it was a battle. So when you are praying those prayers, it doesn't look to you that it is, it is just ordinary prayer. It's a battle. The devil was saying, okay, look, can't the person pray for himself? You see, I'm back. After all, in the scripture, there was, a, there was a place a father brought a child and he prayed for the child and the child was healed. As if the person, as we, do you understand what I'm saying? It's a battle, it's a battle. It's not just praying and praying and saying, and then you sit down. Until you are really in trouble. You don't understand that you must pray. And then learning how to pray is important to you because soldiers are prepared during peace time. It's not when Cameroon invades us, we start recruiting soldiers. Such people who do prayer, soldiers are prepared when? During peace time. You prepare yourself now that you are healthy and you don't have any problem for war. So that when the war appears, you already prepare, you already have the arsenals, you already have the weapons, then you fight. Praise God. Finally. 
Then the other promise we give that after this remaining one promise and then I will round up. The other promise is that the Bible recorded that none will carry or be barren among you. I know that if you if you if you miscarry or if you are barren, it is against God cannot be counteracting himself. God told us to increase, multiply, and fill the earth. Can he now turn around and be causing miscarriages? Causing barrenness? When you go through the scriptures, you find out that look, there's only one woman that was that died without a child. It was Michal, Michal, the wife of David. It was the only person that died without a child. Others, like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Elkanan, and Zacharias, they also had infertility problems. But God did what? Saw them through. Even now, it is even of recent that scientists have now discovered that even the womb does not get old. There's always something you do to the womb, it will arise again. So these things are even helping us to understand the nature of God and what God does. But it doesn't really mean that we don't have a problem. People will have problems. But one thing God promises us is presence and peace. Not that you won't have a problem. His presence and what? Peace is what he promises us. And when he does that, you must learn how to pray. God does not allow us to miscarry and be barren. God does not do that. So we should also see it as part of our promise. When you know that these things are promised, when you want to pray and when you want to fight, God in his own mercy will also help you to fight about Finally, let all of everybody guess, everybody now guess Genesis chapter 25 verse 8. When we read that, then we'll finally close. It is important that we get Genesis chapter 25, verse 8. Especially, I'll read it from NIV. The danger God promises us long life. Long life and prosperity. Are you all there? Read along with it. Then Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age. An old man and full of years and he was gathered to his people. We read it the way I will read it now. Then Uzzah breathed his last. Died at a good old age. Uzzah, an old man full of years and he was gathered to his people. God does not want to terminate your ministry along the way. So what are the reasons finally why did God brought all these blessings? The blessings God gives us is for us to focus on our Christian ministry. Keep you a healthy soldier among him. That your labor of obedience is not in vain. God is encourages you to keep on moving in life, to depend on him, so he calls for obedience. God is interested in your welfare. God is interested in your blessings. That's why he almost of the time talks about his blessings upon you. Let us pray.
because these blessings of true service will not get to you until you have given your life to Christ. If you have not, you put your hand on your chest and tell Jesus who opened doors for us to come into your life. God in his own mercy shall do so for you in a few minutes. God will answer you. God will do so for you. Majority of us have done that. Haven't viewed this life completely. Having moved around for this life, realize that there's nothing that is left except to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ. One day, this life will close. Majority of us will close our eyes in death. Even as an old man, what do we do? Tell Jesus to come into your life. To make you his son, to make you his daughter, does any of these things, any of these idolatries that are still bothering you in the office, at home, in school, in the yard, in the, tell God that today we want to be part of these blessings of obedience, blessings of good old age, blessings of health, blessings of wealth, blessings of children. God himself will do so for you in Jesus' name. Finally, let us thank God for today. Who is an independent? Today is the day of independence. Tell God that if any of these blessings which you are not having, that God, that today you are going to have them. Is there anything bothering you why you came to church today or something that distracts you when you want to pray? Tell God in His own mercy to really help you to overcome that. God will do so for you. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your blessings and your word today. I present these my brethren into you for your blessings and care, O oh God. Is any of them sick, Heavenly Father? You came into the world not only to proclaim the gospel, but to heal the sick. I pray for healing upon their body, upon their soul. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Nobody shall leave this church sick. Whoever came into this church with any form of illness shall leave. We shall not live here with the same sickness. In Jesus' name we pray. For is any of looking for food and water, or any of who is barren among us, or looking for a child, Father, we pray, O oh God, that you provide these things as part of services today, that today 
build independence in that day. We shall be independent of these problems. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.